Hall with the program Guide the House, Mother Hall. God bless you, Bishop. God bless Praise you. the Lord, everyone. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. It's so good to be on the land of the living today, thanking him for his goodness and for his mercy. We are here, the songwriter says, we are here together again, just praising the Lord. We are here, and we are on one accord, and we expect that something good is about to happen, because something good is in store. So we give God thanks today for another day of life and strength and divine protection. Everybody is being fearful, but the Lord is our keeper, and he is received upon our right hand. He said, the sun shall not smite us by day, nor the moon by night. And so we are holding on to the promises of God. So wherever you are in, whatever kind of audience you may be, whether you are listening or you are watching, I welcome you to the program Guide the House. And we pray that God will continue to lead us and guide us in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to ask you just to pray with me. I am going to lead in prayer as we pray for God's guidance on the program. Father in heaven, we give you thanks, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your mercy. Great is your faithfulness. Lord Jesus, it's because of your faithfulness why we are here today, why we can come to, to you today, why we can call on your name, why you call our name this morning on the waking up list, and we are still here, and so we give you glory. In spite of everything, Lord, we acknowledge that you are a good God, and we are grateful to you. So as we go into the program, guide the house, we ask that you be our guide, you be our leader, as we tell you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. As I said before, welcome to the program, Guide the House. And this morning, we are going to look into maybe about three short passages of Scripture. And the first one is going to be Exodus 12. From verse 12 to verse 15. And this, while you are finding it, the topic for our meditation today is the blood work and still works. Hallelujah. The blood work and still works. So our first scripture is going to be from Exodus chapter 12. And you can read the whole passage. But I'm going to read from verse 12 to verse 15. It says, and this is God that is speaking. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Yes. And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. 
and when I see the blood, Hallelujah. I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Yes. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep, ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And verse 7, verse 15 says, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread, even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. So that's the first that the first scripture and we're gonna to go to First Corinthians chapter Five. Amen. First Corinthians chapter five, and we're going to read verses six to eight. Your glory is not good. My God. Know ye not a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Jesus. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old level, neither with the level of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Praise God. And Amen. I'm going to let First Peter 1 remain a little. And towards the end, we will, God enabling us, look into First Peter 11. But I'm going to go back to Exodus. So as we say, the topic is, the blood worked and still works. Yes. It worked over in, in Egypt, and it still works in the world today, the blood of Jesus. And so... We, we just, we are in the season where people are celebrating, depending on your religious background, people are celebrating Passover, and we celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection mm -hmm. of Christ. Amen. So all, all those three are there. And the feast, the Passover was a, was instituted in Egypt when we, when we, the scripture that we just read, it was the institution of the Passover. And we know that Israel was in Egypt and this was after God sent the plagues. When God sent the plagues, when his, his people were under bondage and, and Pharaoh would not deliver God's people when God sent them and God sent the templates starting with with um the water turning into blood and ended it with the death angel killing the firstborn. 
as the Egyptians. So we are here now in the celebration of our Passover. The second scripture we, we read said, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So we are keeping that feast. We are admonished to keep that feast. And the thing about the, the Passover, as it was in Egypt, that God gave instruction. God gave his people instructions. And as he gave instructions then, God is still giving instructions now. And whosoever will can follow the instructions. And if we just look a little at verse 7 in the chapter that I read, the instruction was that they shall take up the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the house wherein they shall eat. And when we go down to verse 13, it says, And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood. So as we look at the word, there is deliverance in the blood. The death angel would come, but deliverance would be in the blood. But the key to deliverance at that time was to follow the instructions. God gives specific instructions. God said, the lamb that you're going to kill to get the blood, he told the requirements. It should be without blemish. It should Hallelujah. be without spot. Yes. He told them what age and where, what flock they should take it out, and what was the gender of the, of the lamb. God gave specific instructions. And when God gives instruction, God is very detailed in his instruction. He doesn't leave anything for us to try and figure it out. Mm -mm. God gives specific instruction. God gives detailed instruction. And for us to get the benefit, we have to follow as God gives. Amen. He said, when you come to the land that they should kill, he said, Guess what? If you don't, if you, if your family not big enough, get somebody else. Yes. So there was no excuse. If Amen. I could not throw the lamb, I could put up, go with you, Bishop, and we would come together, your family and my family, exactly. and we would get the lamb. But God needed a new lamb at a certain age. So he gave the instruction. And then he told them how they should what they should do with the lamb when they kill it, they should eat it. Don't eat no, don't eat the blood, don't eat it sudden. It should be charred, parched, and eaten and eaten in haste and so on. But the instruction for applying the blood, God said in those days, put it on the two side posts of your door and on the upper posts. So I am thinking now that if they had done the instruction halfway, they would not have gotten the benefit because God said, put it on the two side posts and put it across the posts. 
at the top. So God is definite when he is giving the instruction. And yes. what we have to remember is, if God said he's going to do something, he's going to do something. God said in the word to his children, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when it was applied the way he told them to apply, when the death angel came, the death angel would pass over them. Hallelujah. And so we, and so we see that for the people who applied the blood, as God told them, the death angel passed over. They, they didn't have the mourning and the weeping that was in the Egyptian camp. And you know the thought that came to me? I said, I thought that if for some reason an Egyptian was in the house well, blood, where the blood was, the death angel would have passed over them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So, so God gives a covering. And when God gives a covering, we have to abide under Effective. the covering. Yes. If we don't abide under the covering, then God is not responsible for what happened to us outside the covering. Amen. God says, stay in, stay in. God says, apply the blood, apply the blood. God said, eat in his, eat in his. God said, don't eat it soggy or with any blood. That's what God means. But more than all, God wanted to see the blood. God wants to identify his people. And as children of God, we have a mark of identification. We have the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus still applied, and we have the power of Jesus known as the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so God will identify us. God will see us too. So we see here where the word of God says, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And God gave the instruction and as long as they followed the instruction, they were saved. Sometimes we lose out because when God says A, we say no, skip A and go to B. And if God tells us to do A, we believe that B is better, so we go there. We, we go by our understanding. And the scripture mm -hmm. said we shouldn't lean to our own understanding. But in all our ways, we should acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. Hallelujah. So, so when God gives us an instruction, God expects us to follow it. Yes. So those of you who are parents, when you give your children instruction, there is a consequence if it is not followed. Amen. <laughs> there, there is a consequence if there it is, is not followed. Amen. This case down in Egypt, it was life and death. Yes. So if they follow the instructions that God gave, life. the way God gave it, mm -hmm. their life would be preserved. And if they chose not to follow God's instruction, then God would not be blamed. 
because God gave them specific instruction. Now we know that in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of things to come. And the, 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 the saying is that the, the New Testament is concealed in the, in the Old Testament. And also the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. That's not scripture, but it's a saying that, that I can agree with. Mm -hmm. And so this is a foreshadowing of Jesus because he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. And this is showing, I mean, the children were in Egypt. God's children were in Egypt, in the bondage, in, in, under oppression, under taskmasters. And so... Yes, Lord. And so... Hallelujah. And so they had to follow what God was telling them. In the name of Jesus. Yes. And so we have to just apologize for that. No, you keep going. That's all right. This is a new reality. Keep going. Yes, I'm moving. Yes. So, so um, he told them to do that, and he was a foreshadowing. This was a foreshadowing of what the ultimate sacrifice would be. Amen. Because Jesus is the fulfillment. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all that we read in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. Amen. So they had a lamb that they had to do and had to offer up every year. The Passover was instituted, and every time they institute the past, every time they celebrate the Passover, they celebrate what happened, how God delivered them out of Egypt. They celebrate how the death angel passed, and as long as they were, as long as they had done what God said, they yes. were delivered, and how God brought them out of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. So, for our day now, what God is doing is through his son Jesus. The son say God sent his son, they call him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. Amen. He bled and died to buy my pardon. And life is worthwhile living because Jesus lives. The thing about the lamb that was slain over in Egypt, once they killed the lamb this year, they ate the lamb, they put the blood on the post then. And every year they would have to find a different lamb. Yes. They come to Passover time. Every year it was a new lamb. It was a different lamb. And, and they had to repeat the process. But under the law, that was how it was. Yes. But, but we are under a different covenant. Under a better covenant. And Jesus came to fulfill what was done in Passover. And so we give God thanks that we don't have to every year kill a lamb. 
the songwriter said, we don't have to slay the lamb anymore. We don't have to put the blood on the door. Thank you, Jesus. Especially now with all this corona that is going on, when people can't work, people not working, people are at home. If it was in those days, many people would not be able to buy a lamb because they have no money to do it. But the song says, Someone has taken the place of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, the great I am. I am so glad that he did it all. And once he did it, we don't have to do it again. Not like the children of Israel who every year they would have to go and sacrifice and, and find the lamb and the right lamb and to do it and, and go through all this bloody thing. But thank God, Jesus did it once and for all. And his blood was so effective that down through the ages, nobody else has to go into the, 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 the goat pen or the, the, the sheepfold and to look for a, a, a male lamb or a male kid and to search for the, the lamb and to find one that without spot, without blemish and to lay it because Jesus Christ did it for us and I'm so glad that he does for us what we can't do for ourselves and sometimes we think about and people celebrating what what we call good friday and i know for jesus on the cross that day for his flesh that was not good what his flesh endured my god it it, it was not good for him but for the beneficiaries for those of us who benefit from it we can look back Mm -hmm. and say, yes, it was good because because of what he did, he brought us in. He paid the sacrifice. He made it for us so that we don't have to do it again. In Egypt or after Egypt, after the Exodus, you, you catch a lamb, you kill a lamb, the lamb don't have any soul, the lamb don't, 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 it's not a human being. It's not a human being. But Jesus Christ came and they had to do this every year before he came. But thank God since he came and since they, the songwriters say they hung him, they stretched him wide and they hung him high. Since he did that, nobody else has to go through that. Thank you, Jesus. One songwriter said, his blood was not just blood of another spotless lamb, but his blood was precious blood for cleanse the sin of man. Hallelujah. The, the, the blood that the lamb shed would only cover it for this year so that God didn't wipe them out because of sin. It covered, but it didn't eradicate. But I thank God that Jesus Christ, our Passover, He sacrificed for us so we don't have to say anymore. We don't have to, to deal with what He went through. He paid it all, the songwriter said, and all to Him we owe. 
sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. We bless the name of Jesus for that gift, that free gift that he gave up so well, that he, he, he on the cross when he said it is finished, despite all the agony and all the pain and all that they did to him. He didn't come down, as the songwriter said, he didn't call 10,000 angels to destroy the world and to set him free. He bore it all alone. He did everything that they did to him. And then he said, it is finished. He went all the way and he did it just for you and just for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and you know, we look now at First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians chapter five. And in this chapter, Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. If we if we look at Goshen when they were in Egypt, we, we, we could look at Egypt as the world and the children of God was the people at Goshen. And God had to take them out of that world situation. And so before they were taken out, God had to prepare them. God had to 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 do some work on them. So Paul was here now in First Corinthians chapter five. He was talking to the church. This was the church. This wasn't the people out in the world. This was a church that had issues, that had problems, and Paul was addressing the issues. And I'm not reading the first verse, but in the first verse he called, he taught, or he, he said it is reported commonly that there are some things that shouldn't be in the church. Mm -hmm. So, as a spiritual father, he was addressing the issue because we can only correct something when we deal with it. If you if you go to school and and you do a problem and the teacher say it's wrong as long as you don't make the necessary corrections it is going to remain wrong. Still wrong. Amen. What the teacher or the lecturer or professor will indicate by whatever method they choose to show that such a one is in error. And the smart thing would, would be take the instruction, correct the error, because your degree or whatever it is depend on the work that you do. Amen. So, Paul here is saying to them, and maybe they were feeling that they had it. How many times we feel as children of God, sometimes we feel that, yes, I have it made. Jesus, I, I am next to you. I am, I, you are my neighbor. I am on Glory Avenue, and this is where you live. And sometimes we don't even believe and, and, and take into account 
that Lord Jesus, I am I am in need of your mercy. I am in need of your forgiveness because sometimes I sin and don't even realize that I am sinning. And we believe that what the world can see and what others can see, that put us in a good light. But Paul is saying here, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? My God. So we, 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 are, we are painting a broad brush for everybody to see what we are doing. But Paul is talking about the little evils, the little sin. That what we are doing, we, we're trying to cover it over. Mm-hmm. And leaven, and, and as we think about it, those of us who cook, whether we make biscuit or bread or whatever, one little amount of leaven or raising agent, whichever one we use, whether it's baking soda, baking powder, um, yeast, or cream of tartar, whatever, whichever one we use, just a little bit of it, expand the whole dough that we were making, make it so much bigger. So Paul saying, your glory is not good, your glory is not good. The little bitty things that you do that get lost in the overall picture. It is spoiling up the little things that you do. It gets its way into everything else. And because of that, the whole lump is contaminated. My God. Jesus. Jesus don't want us to be that little bit of leaven. Leaven is represented in the Bible and that's sin. And sometimes we try to to measure sin in size. Mm-hmm. Big sin and Big little, sin, sin. little sin. But guess what? It's the little things what that sins? Paul is paying attention to here. Mm-hmm. The thing that nobody sees, that nobody paying attention to. But Paul is saying... A little level, one little bit, spoil up all the good things that we do. So what Paul is saying to the church here, Paul is giving instruction to the church. And he said, he recognized that there is a problem. He addressed the problem. And he's giving a solution to the problem. I am so glad that when God identifies my problem, and when God identifies our problem, God has the solution to fix the problem so that I can change from what I am doing and be in line with God, what God wants me to do. So after he told them that their glory is not good and that a little leaven is leavening the whole lump. Sometimes when we we err, we don't even recognize it ourselves. God has to allow somebody to point it out, or allow the word to point it out, or the Holy Ghost will nudge us and point it out. So guess what the solution is now? Verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven. Yes, get it out. Purge it out. And we know what 
purging is. Yes. Some of us are from the from from the culture where at certain times we get purging. Mm-hmm. And purging is not something that we want because purging don't make the body feel good. Mm. Sometimes the things that they give to purgers taste bad. Oh. We don't like the taste. It makes us nauseous sometimes. It, it makes us feel weak when it's working. It, it, it works on the inside. So purging is not good. It's not nice tasting. It's not appetizing. And even if it's nice tasting, that's deception because it's going to do some work. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to do some damage to what is causing problem in us. So Paul said, purge your dear for the old level. Get rid of it. When they purge us, they purge us. And they, they get rid of the worms, they get rid of all kind of little things, any kind of little parasite or, or whatever. God is saying to, to the church, to Paul, purge out, get rid of, when we purge, we get rid of some stuff. Purge out the old level that you may be a new lump. And although we don't like the purging, but when we are purged of whatever they are purging out, our body feels so much better. Hallelujah. The body feels so much better. We, our skin looks better. Our, our, our tummy is not pudgy and, 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 and big and, and all that. It looks good. It works. The natural purging looks good, make us look good. So God is saying to his children, his spiritual children, purge out the lump, get rid of it. That ye may be a new lump, as ye are now unleavened. Unleavened. No, no, no additives, no, no sin additive. No, no, no sin taking up its residence. And then it goes on to say, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. As we remember, as we tie this into into those lambs and those goats, they were the sacrifice for the people. They were sacrificed to God because of the sin of the people. But the thing about that, they had to do it year after year after year. But the word of God now is saying, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. We don't have to go back now and go into the sheepfold to find out what is in there. We don't have to go into the sheepfold to get the lamb, to search for the lamb, and then to go again and do it next year. Christ over Passover, he was offered once. My God, the, 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 the songwriter said, the blood of Bill Bulls and Jewish altar slain couldn't set the guilty cap conscience free or, or wash away the stain or something like that. So that's why they had to do it over and over and over because it was not the ultimate sacrifice. But thank God, Jesus paid the ultimate price. There is nobody that can cut what 
Jesus did. It says, Christ or Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the faith. Not with the whole level, neither with the level of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So once we purge out the whole, the old lump, my God, we are now new. The scripture says, any man being Christ, he's a new creature. We get rid of that old level. We get rid of that old level. And Jesus is doing something new. And if we just skip back over to Exodus 43, we're talking about newness. Newness of life when we are purged. How the purging make us new in our body. So when the word purges, then then we are new in our spirit, in our spirit man. And if we look in verse 43 in, in Exodus 12, the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. But every man's servant that is brought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. So even back then, God had a requirement. requirement. God had a requirement. Not any and everybody. Sometimes you go and you see they, 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 some places when they serve large supper, they, 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 they take everybody from outside. Anybody can come inside and eat. But the word of God, even under the Old Testament, say, listen, anybody shouldn't eat this Passover unless they are circumcised. Flesh is circumcision. Now we should be circumcised in heart. Hallelujah. And Amen. Because Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. We don't have to go kill the lamb and buy the lamb and kill the lamb. So God did the hard part for us. Jesus did the hard part. He paid the debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Oh my God, what a gift. What a gift. Through his suffering, through all that he went through, we now have salvation. We have salvation through his blood. His blood. The blood in the blood there is life. And Jesus paid with his life. He gave us life. And the scripture says, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Not just life, but abundant life. More abundant life. Jesus paid it all. Nothing is left owing. So all we have to do is celebrate this Jesus. Celebrate this Jesus because he did what no other one could do. He did what no lamb could have done. No flesh lamb could have done. The song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Oh my God. I cannot understand it, but I accept it. Normally, when, when it's stain it and we have to have a lot of skill 
to get the blood mark out. If you have a white garment or even if it is not white garment and blood stain it, we have to know how to wash it to get out the blood mark out of it. But this blood that Jesus said, it washes white as snow. How can something that is so red and so permanent make something white as snow? But Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Sin has left the crimson stain. It's sin, sin, sin. But the blood of Jesus, oh my God, make it white as snow. The blood of Jesus washes and make us white as snow. I give God thanks for that. I give God thanks for so as we celebrate, as we celebrate and a lot of times we think of this season and, and maybe a lot of people who celebrate Pascha, they think of the Seder when they can go and they eat and they meet with their friends and they do whatever. For some of us, we think of um, all the, 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 um, the things that accompany this season. For some people, it's the day, it's the season, it's the weekend, it's what I can do, what I can do different, it's who I can meet, it's for those of us, it's the bun and cheese, it's the meal that we eat. People know for this season, anybody don't want to eat any meat, they have to eat fish and all that, all that thing that comes through, but that has nothing to do with the price that Jesus paid. Amen. That has nothing to do with what? It's just culture and tradition, and we get caught up in the tradition. Thank you, Jesus. Of what Jesus did. And we have to look away from the tradition and look purpose, look at the reason, look at the benefits of what Jesus did. And Amen. when we are celebrating, that is what we celebrate. That is what we should celebrate. Because the scripture say, Christ our Passover. Our Passover. We weren't back in Egypt literally. Amen. But Jesus did what he did. So today I can celebrate I can celebrate my salvation through him. Thank you, Jesus. Christ, our Passover, is the Passover. for us. He is our Passover. That's who we celebrate. So let us keep the feast. What feast are we celebrating? Not the bun eating, not the fish eating, not depriving ourselves or whatever we are doing. The feast, the salvation feast. Jesus, the scripture, not the scripture, there is a song that table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people. Thank you, Jesus. And so that is what we celebrate. Jesus gave us an invitation that we can come and eat at his table. He is the bread of life. My God, his blood washes white as snow. He is the new covenant. He is who we celebrate. He is the eternal covenant.
and that we can celebrate, that we we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. We don't have to put the literal blood on the door. We don't have to go through the fleshy circumcision, but we circumcise our heart. Our heart is circumcised, and we have the blood mark in our heart. And when Jesus sees the blood, when Jesus sees his blood, because he can recognize his blood, when he sees the blood on our hearts, in our lives, we go around and we say, Lord, I plead the blood. I plead the blood, and the blood that it was strength, one songwriter say, shall never lose its power. And the, that's the blood one time shed for all. Thank one time you, shed Jesus. for all. Don't have to do it every year. Never come back. Never come back. Never come back to, to go on the cross again. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, so, Jesus. So we say no. Yes. Let us keep the fears. Thank you, Jesus. Now with the level of malice and wickedness. Hallelujah. But with the unleavened bread, sincerity and truth. The scripture says when we worship, we must worship him in spirit. And in truth. Amen. So we seek to worship him. So we give God thanks like that. And I'm just going to read first. Our time is gone, I, Mother Hall. Our time is gone. Thank I you, think? Jesus. All right. God bless you. You can read. I, I, I didn't realize what time we came That's on. all right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so God bless you, saints. And let us celebrate. The blood still works. Hallelujah. And it will work in our life. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We thank and praise God for our own Mother Ivy Hall that we should purge ourselves because Christ, our Passover, is sacrifice for us. And as Mother Hall said, to partake of this sacrifice, we have to be a part of the covenant. We have to have our hearts circumcised in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much, Mother Hall. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now.